Welcome to a learntolearn.org podcast. We are here to support your learning, taking off the limits that we have accrued to our learning and adding in those ingredients that we've learned from world-class learners that have made them the best so that we can each update our own programming and become the best learners that we can be. We're really glad that you're here to share some time with us. We hope that this brings you exactly what you need today to better engage in your life and your learning. There are a number of things that can interfere with our ability to learn readily. Two of those that often stand out are shame and entitlement. We have a sense of not being good enough. All those follow the very same structure. That structure is when in our self-perception we are smaller or in some way diminished relative to others. Oftentimes we see or sense others as being bigger than us, above us, more capable, more important, or in the position to judge us and determine who we are relative to them or relative to what it is that we are trying to do. We'll get into this much further later on in the podcast. Entitlement is in many ways the other side of the coin. With entitlement, we have an expanded sense of self beyond what we may have earned, beyond what we have proven. There is a sense of, I deserve, regardless of circumstances. I'm entitled. This is a predominant theme in our world today amongst younger generations. In many ways, this is not their fault. They are suffering under the spell of entitlement. They have been trained to view themselves that way. Much of this comes about because of the success of our culture, our society. And this happens in societies throughout history when there has reached a point where many in the culture have more than what they need. And prior generations spoil younger generations because they want them to have it better than what they had it. And their way of doing that is so often to make sure that every need is met and that every child is encouraged and praised regardless of their output, regardless of their earned success. Certainly, we want every human being to have everything they need and all their fundamental needs met and all that. That would be, of course, the ideal. But in the process of moving in that direction, if we give the message along with that that we are fundamentally entitled, we have the right to anything and everything, and that it requires nothing on our part, we don't develop a sense of pride in what we've done. We don't develop a sense of capability and accomplishment. Our 
deeper sense of self is not developed. So let us try and make it really clear that we are not saying that people don't deserve. Everybody should have what they need to have a fulfilling life. That's a great ideal. That's exactly why we're doing this podcast and making it available for no cost. We want everybody to have all the resources and all the support that they need. If someone has support that looks like they are carried everywhere and never put down, they're never going to develop the ability to walk. Their sense of self is going to be ultimately undermined. Again, their sense of self is going to be diminished because it's never going to be fully engaged in the way that comes from really challenging ourselves and drawing out of ourselves the capacity that we have. If to educate comes from the root word educare, which means to draw out, to bring forward, then we need to make sure that we're actually drawing out what someone is capable of, drawing out of them that recognition of themselves being far more capable than they would have ever known if they were just carried everywhere, if they were just given things, if they were praised for partial effort. Again, there are some that would say, well, we should be praised for anything and everything. If by that what we mean is encouraged, reminded that we are capable of so much, yes, we would agree. Absolutely. But if that is done in a way that doesn't encourage somebody to dig even deeper and find out even more of who they are and what they're capable of, then it has a limiting impact. And that's what we want to get beyond. That is just as problematic, just as diminishing as shaming someone, just done in a very different way a way that on the surface looks very positive, but in its long-term effect is ultimately very undermining. Entitlement, as we're talking about it here, is very parallel to the great psychologist Carl Jung's idea about the puer. He talked about these fundamental archetypes, these fundamental patterns that are activated in the human psyche due to various influences. He identified archetypes such as the king, queen, lover, warrior, and so on, one of those being the puer or puer eternus or the female version, the puella eternus, which means the eternal boy or the eternal girl or the the golden one, the child, the person who can do no wrong in the eyes of their mother especially, that creates a circumstance very much like what we're talking about here. Marie-Louise von Franz, Carl Jung's protege, talked about it amongst other ways in terms of the book The Little Prince. That story illustrates very much what we're getting at here. 
in Jung's conception of this, the Puera Puella, in mythology is a child god that's forever young, forever, in a way, innocent. It is a person that ultimately never fully matures, is always adolescent, in a sense, never fundamentally learns from their life experience. Sometimes this is called the Peter Pan syndrome or the flyboy or fly girl. They tend to live above life, never really fully dipping into it, never really fully engaging because there's this fear of being caught in a situation that they might not be able to escape from. They covet independence. They want their freedom. They are opposed to any limits, any restrictions on themselves. One way that we often see it playing out these days is in that yearning to be an entrepreneur, you know, to come up with a product or or a process that is a big breakthrough that makes them a huge amount of money. It comes easily in the fantasy, and then they are free to live the life that they want without restriction, without restraint. We talk to so many young people these days that tell us in one version or another that this is their dream, to make it on the internet, to become a influencer and to make huge money and to be able to travel anywhere they want and do whatever they want. There are so many variations on this that we encounter. Another one would be many of the people that we know who have this sense of entitlement, when they work out, the satisfaction is not so much in the feeling of the workout and the application of themselves. It is, if I work out, I'm going to look good and I'm going to get praise. In other words, the reward is from the outside, not from something developing, engaging within. In the world of school, we often find that either they don't want to really engage in school, how's that going to make my life better? Or if they do engage, if they do work at it, it's with the thought of, if I do this, there's going to be a big reward and then life will be easy, which sounds great, but something is lost. That sense of who we really are and how that develops through application of ourselves over time, that gets diminished or lost entirely. Now, there's some that would hear what we're saying and say, oh, well, so you're just saying that work is everything and that we should go back to just being a cog in the machine or whatever. Actually, not at all. That is not in the least what we're saying. There is an evolution that ideally would arise out of the riches we have, the abundance that many of us have available, the resources that we have to draw on that go so far beyond what people have had through much of human history. And we understand that that has rarely been handled well. 
oftentimes things break down when there are excesses to indulge in. But that's a whole nother kind of discussion, one that we find that's very interesting and probably very helpful to have. It's not what we're here so much to talk about, but we need to name it so that people can see and understand the limitation that entitlement puts on them and on their capacity to learn. As we have already said, it puts a constraint on their ability to evolve themselves and really become all that they can be. And that's what we're interested in. How do we overcome the limits of the condition of entitlement and move beyond that into being all that we can be? The same as we would want to do for shame. Again, they are two sides of the same coin, and they both limit us and limit our learning. So what do we do about the entitlement? Let us pass along a story from the great Carl Jung. He had a patient who he had seen for quite a long time. If we recall correctly, it was a couple of years. This fellow kept asking him, what was his diagnosis? What was it he was working with? And Jung again and again told him that he just wasn't ready to hear it. It wasn't time. It would be too hard for him to deal with. Finally, after a couple of years, one day this guy prevailed and said, you know, Dr. Jung, you have to tell me. I mean, I need to know, and I need to know what to do about it. And Jung told him, well, you know, you're a puer, and he said there is only one cure. And the guy went, well, what is that? I mean, I've been in therapy with you for a couple of years now. What's the cure? What haven't we done? And you explained to him that the one cure was work and more work and more work. And by that, he meant a job or the like, and a job that didn't give big reward, didn't reflect back on the personality, oh, what a great person you are, that it Rather than feeding this guy from the outside, he had to learn through this kind of application how to engage a sense of value from what was intrinsic in him and operating out of that. We knew a fellow a few years ago who went to see a very good union therapist, and fairly quickly, this guy, the therapist, identified the person that we knew as a puer. And when this guy asked, well, what do I do? This guy that we knew was a very well-known sports figure and had done very well that way. The union therapist told him he needed to get a job, maybe at a sporting goods store, just running the cash register for a couple years so that there was nothing that he could do that would gain praise or feed his ego or his sense of self. Well, this fellow that we knew told us that he knew 
that that insight, that diagnosis was correct and that what was suggested to him was correct, but that it was far too much for him to actually submit to. This was of great concern for him because he knew he needed to do that to go beyond what he had already become. And that was something that was very important to him. But he just couldn't face going through a couple years without the freedom that he had had, without the outside praise that he had had. So we're not here to say that the Jungian approach is the way to do this or that a strict psychological assessment is needed here. We're just trying to use this as a way to make clear what it is that we're talking about, to give one angle of insight into this. And we're certainly not here to judge someone who's dealing with some degree of entitlement. As we said early on, we think this was, in a sense, perpetrated upon them. We're also not here to judge the parents who were trying with the understanding they had to do the best they could for their kids. This is just unintended consequence. So what do we do if we suspect that we have some entitlement going? That recognition is the very first step. Then the understanding of what's going on is important. Because if we can understand what it is and what it's doing to us, that gives us the motivation to make the change. That's why we took so much time to kind of lay out the whole of what this is about and how it restrains us, how it limits us. So with this understanding, does that mean you know we have to go out and get a uh, counter job at Dave Cook's? That's not how we approach it. The most important thing here is first engaging in humility, just that sense of recognizing that maybe we're not entitled. Okay, we deserve. And then the question of do we deserve somebody else to hand it to us or do we reach inside of ourselves and engage the capacity to bring about what it is that we think we deserve? Do we apply ourselves in that way? Do we get upset when the world doesn't deliver? Or do we get determined that we're going to find a way to bring it about for ourselves? Not without support, not without help, not we have to somehow be the lone ranger here. But we ultimately want to take that responsibility and say, okay, I'm going to do this. So when we get to the place when, let's say, we're studying and it's frustrating, do we quit? Do we go play? Do we distract ourselves? Do we find a way out of it? Or with this recognition, do we stop and go, okay, I'm going to redouble my efforts. I'm going to engage. I'm going to outcreate this. And I'm going to find a way to keep going even though I might not like it, even though I might not enjoy it, even though my ego may go, I've had enough of this. I don't want to do any more. What's the point and all that stuff? Do we call ourselves out on it 
and ratchet down our need for instant gratification. If we do this again and again and again, if we apply this over time, this will cut away the tendency towards feeling entitled. If shame is a condition wherein we're too small, we've been diminished, entitlement does the opposite. It tends to make us bigger than we have developed ourselves into. The humility brings that back down to size so that we're at the size that we really are and can develop from there. Yes, we want to be big. Yes, we want to become more than we've ever been. That's our goal. This is how to get there. The false bigness of entitlement is every bit as damaging as the false constraint of shame. We also have to begin to recognize the underlying beliefs that say, well, I am entitled. I do deserve this in that false way. Other ones run like, I shouldn't have to, or it shouldn't be like this. With a little reflection, we can start to begin to recognize the beliefs that drive this, the things that we've been taught. And then we can go back and listen to the podcasts on how to change beliefs and how to do forgiveness and some of those things and use those techniques to correct the underlying beliefs and empower you through that. Overcoming entitlement or shame takes some work. There's not an instant fix. For some things, it's very easy to bring about change, but these so often get so broadly, deeply built into us that it does take applying ourselves over time, keeping an eye out for these beliefs and assumptions, and engaging in those methods to change these, engaging in the humility. Now let's take a bit of time to come back to shame. Again, we've touched on this before. When we grow up in a world where we as kids are looking up to everybody else, there is so often that sense that we're not enough, we're not good enough, we're less than, all of that. Then we have people in the world that build themselves up by putting other people down, either consciously, directly, or inadvertently. To shame someone is to gain a certain kind of power over them. That, for some people, is very enticing. And if we're the recipient of that, the effects are crushing. We so often see people over us, bigger than us, more real, solid, more valid than us, in that, again, being that diminished, that diminishes our capacity to learn readily. There are studies that show impact on the brain and its function depending on our sense of social standing and other factors that play into this. So when we apply some of the processes that we've described elsewhere, bringing people down to eye level, making them less solid, making ourselves as big as or even bigger than those very people. 
addressing the underlying beliefs and correcting those, doing the forgiveness that we talked about in a prior podcast. All of those begin to unravel the shame and free us from the fixation that the shame brought about. With this, we can feel ourselves come alive again and engage in learning in a much more powerful and productive way. So go back and review those. We know that you'll find those very helpful in reviving that innate capacity to learn. We hope that going through this in this way today is very helpful to you. Often we try and get down to very specific techniques, how-tos, and show you exactly how to apply those. We did some of that today, but we also took this broader overview of trying to understand what these forces are that limit our learning and how to overcome them. We hope it's very helpful. Thank you for listening. Our purpose is supporting your capacity to learn and to attain all that you can imagine. We hope you use the perspectives and exercises that we have shared. Feel free to send us questions, ideas, experiences that might benefit our listeners via learntolearn.org, L-E-A-R-N-T-O-L-E-A-R-N.org. Finally, please help others by sharing our link with your friends, family, and other loved ones, since how you learn is how you live. Thank you.